keeps the tuning in to Barbershop Sports Talk. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Barbershop Sports Talk on this Saturday afternoon. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, we want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day. Whether you're listening through the LM Radio Network, SoundCloud, or the Columbia, South Carolina Radio app. Appreciate you all. Now it's May. And I honestly, it's May, and you know Mother's Day comes up in the month of May. I want to say my mom—I won't mention her name because I think she might get mad at me because she said, "Don't talk about my business." But mom, I love you, and I appreciate everything you do for me. And you will be getting something. I will do—you will do something special because she made that very clear to me that she wants something done special. But I will start by buttering her up by telling her how much I love her every time to start the show. I love you, mom, and I appreciate you. Just want to say that one more time. So, and it's, it's interesting, right? We, and I think this as a millennial. Uh, people say millennials, you know, they're fast-paced. You know, it's constantly moving, changing, evolving. But it's sort of like everybody. Everybody hates to do the same thing over and over again. What did Albert Einstein say? Albert Einstein say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That drives you crazy. If somebody tells you to do this and do this and do this, and the same things keep happening, you're like, okay, why are you telling me to do this? And it happened uh, about a couple months ago. I was in a program called the Real World Russerts. And some kids in the Real World Russerts, well, one critique they had of it was we had to do something called the elevator handshake. It was like elevator spiel where you... You know, say, my name is so-and-so, uh, I have this major, I do this, I do that. 
and you know you're talking and it's giving you like business interaction skills and whatnot for job interviews too you know when you're talking to someone how you introduce yourself and we did that over and over and over again and i kept hearing people say the elevator pitch we're doing the elevator pitch again 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 it was very repetitive and people some people did complain about it that was one critique i did out of the real world research program even though i loved it i did love it and got to meet a lot of nice alumni from it but that is one critique i had because when you're doing stuff over and over again over and over again it, it loses people you know it, it just does and i think that's our issue with you know the golden state warriors and the cleveland cavaliers nobody wants to see them again in the finals we don't want to see this for a fourth time you know people like the first movie they like the second movie you know like the third movie you don't see many fourth movies you really don't. I mean, after the three Lord of the Rings, it took them like, it didn't like take them like a decade to do the, the next part of it. I mean, really the only movies I can ever think of that really successful with all, after all the, after the first three were like the Star Wars trilogy. And that's one of the greatest franchises and the greatest movies and genres ever. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars is iconic. <laughs> and people talk about it long after I'm gone or you're like, everybody loves Star Wars. But not everybody, lo everybody loves the Cavs and the Warriors. People don't like LeBron, whether he's a threat to Michael Jordan or not. People don't like the Warriors or they don't like Kevin Durant for leaving the Oklahoma City Thunder after him and Russell Westbrook were up three games to one and melted down. And then Kevin Durant joins them. People don't like Draymond Green because he's yelling and he's flamboyant. People don't like Steph Curry because he's, you know, he's a pretty boy. People don't like the, the Warriors as a whole. They're the evil empire, you know. It's California. They, it's just not. People don't like it. And then Cleveland. I mean, people just don't like Cleveland. <laughs> That's why you don't see free agents go there. But we then just write these teams off. And I and I didn't understand it. And it's why coming into the NBA postseason, I said, the Cleveland Cavaliers will win the Eastern Conference and the Golden State Warriors will win the Western Conference. And my simple reason was, and people were like, oh, Daryl. The Warriors stuff, Curry's been hurt, Kevin Durant was hurt, Draymond Green was hurt, Clay was hurt, they've been muddling through the season, Houston's playing so well in the East, the Cavs have nobody besides LeBron, JR's awful, Tristan's awful, Kev K. Love is overrated, Ty Lue's not even the coach, LeBron made him go on a sabbatical, look at the Raptors, the Philadelphia 76ers win 16 straight games, they're coming up strong, and I'm like, listen, there are a couple things we know for sure. Death, taxes, the last three years, we know for sure. Death, taxes, and the Golden State Warriors and Cleveland Cavaliers represent both their respective conferences and face off in the NBA Finals. Those, those are three things we're sure about. Three things we are sure about. Since my junior year of high school, that's all I've seen. So I will go by that. But still, this is all I heard from people going into the playoffs. Watch out for the Rockets. James Harden and Chris Paul. James Harden's the MVP. Mike D'Antoni, possibly coach of the year. Watch out for the Raptors. They go 10 deep. DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry. Watch out for Philly, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. They're coming. Trust the process. People are saying, the Warriors are lucky they don't have to play OKC, Oklahoma City Thunder, and Russell Westbrook in the first round. Else they might lose. Anthony Davis and the Pelicans swept the Portland Trailblazers. Everybody's like, they can challenge the Warriors. The Pelicans can challenge the Warriors because they swept Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. 
LeBron James went seven games with the Indiana Pacers led by Victor Aladipo. And people are like, can the Cavs now beat the Raptors who are 10 deep? Can they beat the Toronto Raptors? And here's what we've seen so far in the second round of the NBA playoffs. Yes, in fact, the 76ers are a young and mature team. They're down 2-0 to a Boston Celtics team without Kyrie Irving, their best player, and Gordon Hayward, arguably their their second best player, and they were out Jalen Brown for the third for the first game, who is one of their top four players, third or fourth, whether you argue him or Jason Tatum. In the second game, they lost the Philadelphia 76ers lost as well. Ben Simmons scored one point in that game. Let me also add that. The Houston Rockets are having a decently tough series with the Utah Jazz. Heading back heading back to Utah to one one. Utah is one of the toughest places to play in the NBA. I don't think that the Utah Jazz can beat the Houston Rockets, but that series could easily go six games, possibly seven. And the OKC Thunder, when we were saying, the Warriors better watch out for the OKC Thunder. You know, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. Russell Westbrook got outplayed by a rookie in Donovan Mitchell, who last year was playing for Louisville. Now, oh, the Raptors, the Raptors. Let me get to the Raptors. People are now calling, making this call, gave LeBron a new nickname. In Cleveland, he, LeBron is known as King, King James. In Toronto, he's now referred to as LeBronto. LeBron owns the Cavs. The Cavaliers have beaten the Toronto Raptors in eight straight playoff games. And all of them have been fairly handling. Cleveland just took the first two games in Toronto, and now they're going back to Cleveland. Toronto is probably going to get swept. And just to add this up, the Warriors beat the New Orleans Pelicans in Game 1 without Steph Curry. Then when Steph Curry came back in, came back in Game 2, they beat him. And get New Orleans credit, they won Game 3, which is usually the game when the home team, when the home team, you know, after they're down 2-0, you know, they come up and you see a little bit more excitement. But we'll see what happens in Game 4 and Game 5. The truth of the matter is, in the East, LeBron James is the best player in the world. He plays in a mediocre conference without legitimate stars, the Boston Celtics will probably be in the Eastern Conference Finals against them, and their most valuable player is arguably their head coach in Brad Stevens. The truth in the West is, the Warriors have the best collection of talent ever assembled. Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Not to mention you have Andre Iguodala, who's a bench player, who is a Finals MVP. Sean Livingston at one point was one of the more talented point guards in the NBA, 6'7", great mid-range jumper. You have talented guys like JaVale McGee and Nick Young and Joseph Pachulia, who's a solid vet. The Warriors have the best system in the NBA. And the Rockets' two best players, Chris Paul and James Harden, as much as we love both of them, Chris Paul has never played in the conference finals. And James Harden is known for two things, besides the fact that he travels on almost every play and he doesn't play defense. <laughs> he lost the game six in Houston against San Antonio Spurs last year who were without Kawhi Leonard. And they got blown out. And... His first finals when he played against LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and Miami Heat in 2012 in Oklahoma City Thunder got blown out four games to one. James Harden played awful as well. Here are the stats to back this up. Just to add this on. So just so you can get a little bit of a just get a little bit of a feel from what I'm saying. LeBron James is averaging 34 points, 10 rebounds, and nine assists, one block, and one steal. 
LeBron is shooting 54% from the field. For the playoffs, he's first in points, second assists, and ninth in rebounds. LeBron James is averaging 34 points per game, right? DeMar DeRozan's best playoff game this year is he scored 35 points against the Wizards. LeBron, DeMar DeRozan's best game is LeBron James's average. And by the way, scoring is the only thing DeMar DeRozan does really, really well. Let me tell you the stats on the Warriors. For so far in the playoffs, they're third in points per game, second in points allowed, and have the best differential in the NBA. I'm sorry, NBA fans. I truly am. But for another year, we'll see. For the fourth year, the Golden State Warriors represent the Western Conference and the Cleveland Cavaliers represent the Eastern Conference. It's just the way it is. I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying I want it. I'm just telling you how it is. I won't lie to you. I won't. So now we're going to do something I've been wanting to do since the first round of the NBA playoffs ended, but we couldn't do it because, of course, this show is every Saturday. So with the second round already underway, most teams are like in their two, 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 two games, three games in. Since the first round's over, here's something I've been wanting to do. I want to do my good, my bad, and my ugly. Some might call it oogly of the first round of the NBA playoffs. We're going to go through nine stars. My good, bad, ugly. Here we go. First of all, we're just going to have a disclaimer here. The extraordinary is LeBron James. He, he dominated the Indiana Pacers. He's put him like 35, 10, 10, almost averaging a triple-double. Le- LeBron's in a separate category. So let's get to the regular people. The good, Anthony Davis. 33 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks. Dominated the series against the Portland Trailblazers. Was the best player on the court at all times. And they swept the Trailblazers, a team that was hot at the end of the year. People were saying how good Damian Lillard and C.A.J. McCollum was. And people were putting them, say... You know, after Steph Curry, Clint Thompson, they're the best backcourt in the league. That's what we're saying. And the Pelicans shut that down, led by Anthony Davis. Now we're saying, we're talking about Anthony Davis after the first round. We're saying, is he the best player in the NBA, not named LeBron James, over guys like Kevin Durant, over guys like Kawhi Leonard, over guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, whoever you want to say, whoever you want to say, is Anthony Davis the best player not named LeBron James? That's what his playoff performance in the first round of the playoffs against the Portland Trailblazers made us all think. Donovan Mitchell is a rookie, and he's playing like he's the best player on the court, averaging over 20 points per game in every playoff game in the first round. 28.5 points per game, 7.2 rebounds. Donovan Mitchell is 6'3". Let me also mention that. He's shooting efficiently, 46% from the field, and 92% from the free throw line. Won the Utah Jazz a tough six-game series against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who coming into this year, people we were saying they were going to be the Houston Rockets. They were going to be a challenger to the Golden State Warriors with Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook. Donovan Mitchell's like, come on, man. Let me shut that down. And he did. And he was the best player on the court with three potential Hall of Famers on the floor, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Paul George. Coming to this year, who would have thought? Besides Donovan Mitchell. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Two young guys beating a tough Miami team. I know Miami's not the most talented team, but coached by Eric Spolcher. You have Pat Riley, you have Mickey Harrison. You have this great Miami organization. You have guys like Wenzel. You guys have Josh Richardson. Guys that have good on-ball defensive skills. Guys that will come after you. And all the two young guys from Philly did is they balled out. Ben Simmons averaged 18 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, and 2 steals. Joel Embiid scored 18 points per game, 10 rebounds, and 3 blocks. Both young players dominated the series, and it showed in them winning five games. In a series, people thought could potentially go seven games. That's what people were saying. 
that is definitely what we're saying. And also, they won games in Miami, which is important because it's when Kanan came on the show a couple weeks ago, what did Kanan say? It's South Beach. There's a lot of temptation, especially for 21, 22-year-old young men, especially since Joel Embiid keeps adding Rihanna on Twitter. Maybe Joel Embiid's like, you know, let me go to the club and stuff, and they didn't, and they were focused, and they handled their business in Miami. Now, for the bad, Carl Anthony Towns averaging 15 points, shooting 43% from the field, shooting nine times per game, shooting 27% from three-point range. And he has the advantage. And that's what Carl Anthony Towns did in this series against the Houston Rockets. But let's be honest, Clint Capella, as, as much as we might like and love Clint Capella at the center position, he cannot check Carl Anthony Towns. He can't. Carl Anthony Towns set a whole nother level. And but Carl Anthony Towns did not play like that. He did not play like that. And he was a non-factor for most of the series. And after the first two games, we were questioning is Carl Anthony Towns overrated? Next up, Giannis Anthony Kumpo. Average 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. Those were all great numbers on the surface. I cannot deny that. But listen, he's playing against a Boston Celtics team in the first round. If you, without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, and they, their two best players are Jalen Brown, who's in his second year in the league, and Jason Tatum, who's in his first year in the league. A bunch of young other players like that. Terry Rozier starting, unproven. You have all these other guys. And Brad Stevens is a great coach. But if you're the best player in the series, if you we were comparing Giannis Antetokounmpo to being an MVP, we're saying he's LeBron, he's KD, he can be at that level then you have to win. You have to get a game, especially on the road. If you are that guy, you have to get a game. And Giannis Antetokounmpo did not do that. And DeMarcus Cousins, his team got better without him. Literally. They played at a faster place, pace. You know, they freed the offense up. You have Drew Holiday, you have Rajon Rondo pushing the ball. The, their tempo just changes. And Anthony Davis started playing like a monster, a man possessed. He said he was going to be like Russell Westbrook. And boy, oh boy, did Anthony Davis do that. Now, like I said, we think of Russell, we think of Anthony Davis being the best guy in the league, not named LeBron James. And we think about DeMarcus Cousins. Is he a winning player? Like, really? He didn't win in Sacramento at all. He was a headache there. And then he gets to New Orleans. And they're inconsistent. They might not make the playoffs. Then he leaves. He gets hurt. God bless. I'm sorry. Prayers out to Boogie Cousins who tore his Achilles. But after he tears his Achilles and he's out, Anthony Davis brings the game to a whole other level. And the Pelicans are playing much, much better. And the ugly, or some might call it the ugly, Carmelo Anthony averaging 11 points, shooting 37% from the field, shooting 21% from three, and shooting 73% from the free throw line, and was a negative a super negative, even lesser negative, on every other aspect of the game, especially on defense where he was horrendous in his series against the Utah Jazz. Joe Ingles obliterated this man. Obliterated this man. And in the words of Skip Bayless, who Skip Bayless said, he's not mellow anymore. He's just another Anthony. Carmelo did not look good. Russell Westbrook, one of the other members of the OK3, in the postseason, Russell Westbrook shot in the first round. He shot 39% from the field, taking 27 shots per game, 5.2 turnovers per game, 7.5 assists per game, three less assists than his 10 assist average in the regular season. He was outplayed by a rookie in Donovan Mitchell. Was outplayed. And got his and got a little bit too over emotional, a little too over exaggerated, where he tried to have a duel with Ricky Rubio. When he didn't need to do that, he got up without the confines of what makes him him. 
Damian Lillard, who got embarrassed in his series against New Orleans. Drew Holiday just went on this man. was like, you ain't doing nothing, bro. <laughs> Drew Holiday followed him wherever he was, and he shut him down. Damian Lillard shot 32% from the field, 32% from three, averaged 18 points per game, low efficiency, got really exposed, exposed. Because lots of times we talk about, you know, stoppers. You know, they can make it difficult for you, but they can't stop you. Drew Holiday just stopped him, <laughs> just stopped him. Where well, we all have to question Damian Lillard right now. And to answer this question, is Drew Holiday just a better basketball player than Damian Lillard? Is he? Might have to think about that. Now, coming up next on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have my man's. Scotty from the City Johnson. Coming up next on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back on Barbershop Sports Talk. Scotty's going to come in just a second. And I also want to forgive everybody if anybody hears any noise because I've ch we, the scenery has changed for the show. For this show, we're going to be outside in the, you know, the main area in my dorm. So, you know, upstairs. So we might see, you know, some people, some people might butt in. Just let everybody know. Just let, let, let everybody know. But first, before Scotty comes on, I'm going to give you some stats on Josh Allen. Because people from Buffalo keep saying, don't be hard on Josh Allen. Don't be hard on Josh Allen. So my uncle tells me, so my friends tell me, everybody tells me about this about Josh Allen. Quarterback from Wyoming drafted seventh overall by the Buffalo Bills in the 2018 NFL draft. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give you all of his stats in his two years starting at Wyoming, okay? No opinions. I'm just going to read it to you. Northern Illinois, 245 yards, 65% completion. At Nebraska, 189 yards, 50%. UC Davis, 198 yards, 73%. Eastern Michigan, 234 yards, 65%. Colorado State, 165 yards, 38%. Air Force, 173 yards, 55%. Nevada, 145 yards, 69%. Boise State, 274 yards, 58%. Utah State, 261 yards, 61%. UNLV, 30, 334 yards, 45%. San Diego State, 282 yards, 51.6%. New Mexico, 248 yards, 64.3%. San Diego State, 248 yards, 45.2%. And BYU, 207 yards, 53.1%. Now here's for last year, 2017, his stats. At Iowa, 174 yards, 57.5%. Gardner-Webb, 328 yards, 68.8%. Oregon, 64 yards, 37.5%. At Hawaii, 92 yards, 47.4%. Texas State, 219 yards, 58.3%. Utah State, 208 yards, 69.2%. Boise State, 131 yards, 44.4%. New Mexico, 234 yards, 57.1%. Colorado State, 138 yards, 50%. Air Force, 70 yards, 72.7%. Fresno State, he did not play. San Jose State, he did not play. Central Michigan, 
154 yards, 57.9%. You can make the most. You can, you can think whatever you want about those stats. I just named them. And stats don't lie. And by the way, one of the best games he's ever played is against Gardner-Webb. 328 yards, 68.8% completion percentage, right? Great game. Gardner-Webb was 1-10 last year. Just had to add that out. That was his best game this year. I have a feeling the Jacksonville Jaguars have a much tougher defense than Gardner-Webb. I don't know. That's just an assumption. Now we got Scotty Johnson on. How you doing, Scotty? I'm doing good, bro. How you doing? Doing fabulous. Now, last week when you weren't on the show, we had a friend of yours who you play rec league basketball with, Brady Kyle, right? You know Brady? Yes. This is some audio I got from Brady, and Brady was talking about you and his basketball skills. Let's hear it. I know Scotty. Rec League? He's on my IM team, too. Yeah. Who's better between you and Scotty? <laughs> wow. Um, Scotty's a much better shooter off the dribble, much better scoring guard. I'm more of a point forward. So in terms of scoring and shooting ability, Scotty, you know, maybe like the all-around, some defense, some passing, probably me. So you're saying Scotty's a better scorer than you? Better shooter. A better shooter than you, but you're a better all-around player. I think I have the ability to do more. Scotty, yeah. can you explain this for me and the folks at home? Okay, so I'm going to you, I'm gonna get it to you raw, right? Okay. Okay, so I'll give you what the things he's good at. He's good at shooting, not so much as creating offense, but he has like a decent offensive game. All around, we're including like defense too, right? Yes. Because uh, he's not the best defensive player. But he's long. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't know how to like he's like Kevin Love. Know how to play defense but doesn't know how to defend per se. Cuz like a lot of people score on him like a lot. And I'm a liability too because of my size. I'm skinny. I'm little. So they post me up every trip, but I'm I'm aggressive though. Like they know me as being not even just so much of a scorer, but just being aggressive and always being in attack mode. Brady not like that. It's easy to get under Brady's skin. All you got to do is just Push him around, you know, be more aggressive than him, and he he a fold. With me, you can't you can't do that. But only thing I say that he that he has over me is the height and the, probably the jumper, long range. So is Brady right when he says he has better all around basketball skill? Because that's what he was saying. He said he's a better all around player, but you're a better scorer. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I mean, that's hey, that's his perspective but from my perspective I've like the example i use he, this, I this is the example i use when i thought about that said to equate it in a way people can understand you're carmelo anthony you're a good scorer you can put the ball in the hole but he's more of a lebron james he can do a little bit of everything yeah but i'm more like i guess if i had to put it in those contexts i put it as he's more like a uh like a um not like i say like a, a backup pg kind of i ain't gonna say backup like a van fleet like, you know, <laughs> I say like I'm more like a like Scotty, like one of a kind. Scotty Pippen? No, just Scotty Johnson. One <laughs> of a kind. Okay, now a team that is not one of a kind: the Toronto Raptors, or oh. so-called the Baby Dinosaurs. Cleveland is toying with them. They are up two to zero in the series, winning both games in Toronto. Mm -hmm. I think Toronto's lost like their last six. Oh, uh, that's like eight against Cleveland. They're la in the playoffs because they the lost playoffs, their last yeah. two in 2015, mm -hmm. uh, six. So it's eight, eight. eight. They've yeah, lost eight. eight straight playoff games, yep. uh, and all really handily. Mm -hmm. Why do you think Cleveland? Because it feels to me Cleveland mentally owns Toronto. Why do you think that is? Um, part of it, you know, they playing against 
LeBron. That's the arguably the best player in the world, right? And so you know that that's the psycho you know advantage of. of what that. do we have going on here? We uh, recording. How you doing? And we have a guest because we're just recording in the main lobby. For sure. Hey, what's, what's your name? Tell me your name. My name is Brian Schultz. Where are you from? Akron, Ohio. Who your favorite basketball player? Oh God, Cavaliers. No. Your favorite basketball player? No. I mean, obviously LeBron James. I don't know who else you'd pick. Who's the best player in the world? Um, aside from LeBron James, no, 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 no. I don't think I pick anyone else. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, bro. thank you, bro. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but no, I say like they got that. Well, it has to do with LeBron, you know, having that psycho, you know, the psycho advantage, like the mental, the mental advantage over them, you know, and. They really don't have that. They got a star. I wouldn't say they necessarily got a superstar in DeMar DeRozan. Because he can't, you know, he can't long range. He ain't that all around. He good, but he ain't a superstar. Now, here's what I would pose to you. With the Indiana Pacers, you have a team that, you know, goes at LeBron. Like Lance Stevenson, you know, he goes at LeBron. You don't necessarily give the feeling that the Indiana Pacers are scared of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, to me, I feel like the Indiana Pacers, they believe that they could beat the Cavs, right? A little like they believed in their hearts whether it was going to happen or not they believed they weren't scared the Toronto Raptors look like you know they know what's going to happen you know they're already making their own bet why do you think that just is what does just tell me what does Cleveland do what does a Toronto do that allows them to not be able to match up uh, as well with Cleveland as an Indiana does I feel like with the Indiana thing is part of because I don't well I could be wrong I don't know if that they knew coach was on the coaching stuff, like if, when LeBron was playing in Miami when they were playing against them in Miami. But I knew the I knew the like they still have Lance, obviously. So you know that's part of the he's not afraid of LeBron. You know I think he a lot of people say like it's the coach, but I think Lance pushes that like you know that envelope because he's he brings that mental toughness, that tenacity, that intensity. You know that not being afraid of whoever's you know in front of him. And I think just with Toronto they. To be honest, I don't, I don't really know what's going on because we see this every year. Because remember, this is because Toronto's a better team than Indiana. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like and they're going to get team, swept. They're a better team. They're a better team winning Ross, but I feel like Indiana was more aggressive, and that's what in the playoffs you have to be nine times out of ten more aggressive than the other because that's what wins. That's what wins. That's what sets playoffs different from the from the regular season. You know, more teams is more on the line, and that attracts more people to play harder. And Indiana just play harder. Now, now, a player for the Cavs that is really, and a couple of the players have rose and showed them, like, you know, J.R. Smith's been playing better, a Tristan, a Tristan Thompson. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think we can see this consistently from these guys over the courses, you know, as we get into the conference finals, to the NBA finals, that these guys can put up these performances? Yes, I think so. It probably, eh, certain, for certain players, it still might be a little bit of inconsistency. Like, I feel like with J.R., it might be a little bit of more uh, inconsistency with him, but I feel like all of them deal with that other than LeBron, so... But I feel like going forward, they'll be more consistent than normal, normally. You know what I mean? Like, they'll be more inconsistent, less inconsistent than normally. So I feel like I got a good, ch I got a good, you know, good chance that they're going to keep this up and moving forward because, like, like for, as the playoffs progress, they're getting better and it's getting harder. So, you know, like we see Jordan Clarkson being a little bit more aggressive. He not, you know, he seemed timid at first, but, you know, they, they getting it. Now, something I've noticed from LeBron James, this has been one of my – I think this is LeBron James' greatest strength, but it's also his greatest flaw. Mm -hmm. He can do everything. But to me, I feel like he wants to do too much. You know, people say he's the coach. He's the GM. You, you, yeah. uh, he's, he passes. He rebounds. He scores. Yeah. He has to play defense. He has to do everything. Yeah. But 
it's tiring him out. And then game one of Toronto, he looked tired. Like he looked tired. And even after game seven against Indiana, he was talking about how physically and mentally exhausted he was. Well, let's take all of the factors into consideration. He played. This is his first time playing eighty two, full eighty two, right? So you got to count that. Usually he misses out at least by what ten, five, between ten and five games. And then, cause remember we was praising people was praising him because he knew how to coast his body, and also he had more help per se. So, and then going to the playoffs, like he said it, he's he's burnt because he literally had to like we were saying he has to play almost perfect for them to win. He go out, as soon as he go out the game, this the game started becoming lopsided. Not in their favor, neither. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think he, because LeBron knows his body and he knows how he stays in shape. So I think he can, he gonna figure it out as to, you know, I think the Cavs gonna rest him more. If I was the Cavs, I'd try to, you know, since we up 2-0, I wouldn't mind playing them under 40, you know, going in game three, playing like 35, 34, let him get some of that, you know, because what I liked about him in, in the um, game one, he was he was he was being passive. He was, and that's how players got to get better. You got to put them. Sometimes you got to put them in the positions to show that you know they're ready, and you can't just expect them to do it like to learn it. You got to like put them in the fire, you know. So, I feel like going forward, it's gonna be obviously he he gonna get more exhausted, but. I feel like he'd get it to where like it'd be more mellow, calm down. And we're on the record. The Cavs, the, the Cavs are gonna sweep the Raptors, right? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be about to take Game Three, you know, and then Game Four, easy. Now, here's a theory I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. We know a lot about if LeBron's gonna leave or not, and, I, and I've been thinking, and this is what I've come up. I don't think LeBron's gonna leave because I think what's gonna happen in the offseason, what the Cavs are gonna do is they're gonna trade Kevin Love and their first round pick to San Antonio and get a Kawhi Leonard to get LeBron James to stay. To me, I think it works out. Perfectly for, and here's the reason mm-hmm. we know well, what is Popovich like. He likes big men that can pass. Yeah, uh, Kevin Love can do that. that Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Love could come back. He can also stretch the floor. Uh-huh. Kevin Love could come back a little bit to that Minnesota Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. And Popovich likes big men that can do multiple things. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Love can do that. Yeah. And not only that, they get a first round pick. And you know the Spurs have gotten a Tony Parker in the late first round. They've gotten a Mono Ginobili in the second round. They've gotten a Kawhi Leonard in the fifteenth round. So you know, and even a, De- a Dejounte Murray in the late second round. So you know the Spurs can draft and develop guys. Yeah. So if they get a, a top ten pick right in the lottery, mm-hmm. and to me that's the best offer available because. You know, what else are you going to get? I mean, you could get a Wiggins, but if you're thinking about it from the Spurs' perspective, I mean, I would take Kevin Love and a first-round pick rather than an Andrew Wiggins. Uh, well, I would too, but... So is it possible? I guess, but, but, but they already got, like, about, like, four or five power forwards. But you have to think about it. You have, but you have a bunch of guys that can do multiple things. You have Gasol. You have... Aldridge. But sometimes that's – but I think sometimes that could be, like you said, that could be their biggest flaw too because LaMarcus was like that, and it was hard for him to develop into that San Antonio system because he did so. And, Gasol, and also, Gasol can come off the bench. You can start LaMarcus at the center. You can have K-Love at the four, and then you have – And uh, I feel like I'd rather go with Wiggins, though, because of the age, too. You can develop him. You could, But also, we're talking about the first-round pick, too. Yeah, but – so San, do San Antonio have, they wouldn't so before this they wouldn't have a first round pick unless they made that trade with Cleveland. Right? No, I think they'd have, they'd have a late first round. Pick. Yeah, late first round. But pick. they get a lottery pick now, and potentially that pick could be a number one number pick because you don't know how the the lottery is going to shake out. I still take my chances with A. Wig because he's young, and you still got to pick any like in the late first round. So and that's and Pop is known. It don't matter what pick he get, long as he get a pick, he's gonna they're gonna pick a player that's you know that can, he can develop and and you know play his role. So. 
I Kevin Love about to be going on 30. That ain't gonna last too long. And I think, you know, with the young players that they got, just one more or two more, and they can develop into something real special. So talk to me about this guy, Russell Westbrook, right? Against walk, close out game, game six, Utah. Utah fans yelling at him. Westbrook goes a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And he like smacks the fan out of the face and he's talking about, you know, I don't play that. It is funny. Mm-hmm. Do you think Westbrook was just overreacting a little bit? Nah, because you gotta, what people tend to forget about, these players are human beings too. You can't control how the way they go and react to certain situations. Of course, you can always say they could have went about it differently, but at the end of the day, you can't control or tell someone how they should react to a situation, especially if they're hearing multiple things. Because a lot of NBA players said that city has a lot of issues regarding their fans. So I wouldn't know what that feels like coming from an NBA a pro basketball player's perspective, but if you – by the, what I saw, Russell was walking was walking away from the you know walking away from the court, going towards the locker room. The fan approached him, and that's like that was his biggest thing. And like, and I could I could I could I could see where he coming from because as basketball players, not even basketball players, but as high profile people, it'd be wrong for them to just you know, it'd be wrong to just hit the person or react in such a negative way because of their image. But at the end of the day, they're human beings too. You can't, you know, you can't say whatever you want to these players. No, I agree with you. But can I make this argument just to push back a little, mm-hmm. a little bit? You know, he, he's a professional basketball player. You know, how, how many people get to do that? You know, that's a, a job that not many people are blessed enough to have. Anybody can be a fan. And let's say the series was tied. They did tie it. It's 3-3 going back to OKC for a game seven. Right. And let's say Westbrook swung on a fan. And then he gets suspended. OKC probably loses that game seven. So I agree with you that. You know, he should feel that way. He should want to do something. They should get rid of the fan. But, but in that situation... That, but he would... They was the lower seed, right? No, 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 no. The game game seven would have been back at OKC. I don't think... But I don't think Westbrook could hit a home team. No, no. I'm, no, I'm talking about in Utah. Okay, okay. In okay. Utah, in game six. Oh, they, okay. they win that game. It's 3-3. Right, 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 okay. They win that game and said it's 3-3. Right, a Utah right, fan right. does something. Let's say he swings at him or something like that happens in an unforeseen circumstance. And then he's suspended for game seven. Mm-hmm. So while I'm saying I agree, you know... But you can't do that type of stuff. And that's why, and that's why he was saying you got to, you know, you, they got to Im- implement something because you don't know what that can lead to. You can't, you can't control how, especially a grown man, that man, what, 28, 29, you can't tell him how the way he's supposed to act if, if a fan says this is not in the third. Like, that's, it ain't like he initiated it. It ain't like he, you know, he was saying ignorant things. That's disrespectful if you're saying, you know, I don't know what the fans said, but according to Westbrook, it probably was disrespectful if it made him react a certain type of way. And like I said, like he wasn't the only NBA player that complained about that city. A lot of NBA players complained about that city. Well, Utah don't got the complexion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but hey, you know how that go. That's everywhere. <laughs> this is a question I have to ask you. What's popping? Guess who has the third highest vertical jump in NBA history? Lay it on me. Now, now the first two. I'm going to tell you the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is Wilt, and second is not coming to my mind right now. But guess who third is? Guess who third is? LeBron. No, you're wrong. Ooh. Number twenty-three. The real number twenty-three. The real number twenty-three. Remember that ghost in Chicago LeBron was talking about? Draymond. No. He's twenty-three too. I'm talking about Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Okay. 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 He, had the, he has a higher vertical than LeBron. 
but he's okay. And he's shorter. Yeah, he's shorter. <laughs> he's he's a but Ain't you gonna have a higher vertical if you're shorter though? Well, Will has the highest vertical ever, and, and he's, he's taller. taller. I guess, yeah, I guess. So maybe they were right that he could walk on air because that's why they called him his airness, Air Jordan. But LeBron's a still better athlete though. How? Because he's stronger, faster, more physical. Uh, not faster. Jordan not faster. To, I yeah, told you, Michael yeah, Jordan reportedly ran a four yeah. three. LeBron was was a four four. What the? Look, I'm talking about on the court. You talking about on the court? Way faster than Jordan. Uh, did you, you say? Did you, you see say? that block shot? Wait, wait, wait. Did you see that Scotty, 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 Scotty. Didn't you say you couldn't? Scotty, didn't you? Didn't you? The man was on the court. Scotty, Scotty, listen, Scotty, you're not being consistent. Didn't you say you can't judge who the best player ever is because you said you've never seen him play? You said you never saw Michael play. So how do you truly know if we're talking about just off a clip, Scotty? Because you could, but we, we ain't talking about the belt. We talking about athletics. Yeah, we talk about fast. When Jordan went down the court, that was some beautiful stuff, Scotty. How would you know? That had me how ripping. That know? had me ripping. But how the, would you the, know? The, the NBA no, 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 no. NBA TV. NBA TV. NBA TV. Yeah, okay. Well, Scotty, then we seeing two different things. <laughs> now, somebody that is always singing the wrong thing, in my opinion, LeVar Ball. Oh, so Lamelo and LiAngelo, they're coming back from Lithuania, back to the states. Uh-huh. Is it time to admit that Lavar Ball? This is just—I don't know the correct word to use—just shenanigans. Uh, nah, cause this was no. I guess this was as the media like is what they like want. They want to see Lavar like be wrong, but he know, was wrong. Exactly, but like that, I don't. I don't care. Like that doesn't. You know, it's not surprising because they're in Lithuania. I think, like, a lot of people knew that wasn't going to last as long as they thought it did. I knew it wasn't because the coach really didn't, you know, they didn't incorporate them how they was at Chino Hills. It was more, you know, pro-style, system-based. Melo couldn't take as many jumpers as he could. And the only person that really could feed off that, like, that benefited off that was Jello because he was older, you know, more physical and could withstand certain type of, you know, components of that game. And, like... Levarda type, like he said, like if it don't work for one, it ain't gonna work for the other one. So, can like, I even if it's the youngest to you know oldest, like that's his method, not mine personally. But could I make the argument that Levar Ball is potentially ruined one of his sons, his son's basketball careers? Potentially. Uh, no, no, no. Because nowadays it's, it's always a you know, especially if you uh, such a high talent like those two, it's always well, Angelo's not. Yeah, but he's still you know he was still like a. What? But my thing is here. How, 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 how does school, it how does lot. it help how does it help Lamelo's development playing against grown men when he's not even good enough to play against them? Like, well, let's take this out. He's not LeBron. Like LeBron could do that type of stuff. Lamelo's not LeBron. He's playing an old against way older competition when he's not even at the level skill wise where he could do it effectively, and he wasn't playing effective. So I'm talking about more so his development as a basketball player. Now, I think he do got like the skills because he he. A lot, but I'm saying a, how, lot of, a lot of people his age can't do what he's doing. So. How has his yeah. development been effective? It, it really hasn't been. It's been, to me, it's been beneficial because he hasn't played against anybody his age. And that's always going to be beneficial because they're always going to be bigger, stronger, and you're going to learn more when you play with older. That's how people like, you know, like LeBron got better, playing against So are, are you willing, men. can you at least admit this to me? LeVar the Ball, only thing, the LeVar only, Ball is narcissistic, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. But the only thing that I feel like that's, 
LeVar messed up on, on like, developing all of them is defense. That's the only thing. They got everything else. They can oh, shoot. and Lonzo. Sh- <laughs> he can shoot, though. He just can't shoot in the league. Up until, up until, <laughs> he can shoot, Isn't that what up LeVar's until, trying to get them to? But up until then, they were known as good shooters. Not the best shooters, but they were known as decent shooters. And this is his first year in the league. Give him a few. No, well, no, he's going to have to change his shot, though. He's going to have to change his shot, though. He's going to change it a little bit now. He ain't got to change it. He ain't got to change it. Can yeah, we at least, can, okay, tell me this. Court, tell me bro. this. Can we at least say the Lavar Ball is narcissistic? Can we at least admit that? We can at least admit that, right? Whether you love him or hate him, he's narcissistic. Kinda. Wait, go back. What that mean? Narcissistic. Yeah. When you can do no wrong and you are always right. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like that's. Now a lot of people are narcissistic. Uh, yeah, but I, I would my experiences, it's, it's a, I, especially when it comes to African American dads, bro. It's a that's how it's a lot. That's a lot of them. That's how the way they think. It's a lot of them. It's a lot of them. From my experience, it's a lot of them. And that's just not in Cleveland either. That's going to you know Maryland, meeting other people, going like traveling like different states and cities, and that's a, how a lot of them are. And that's you can't tell them nothing. So let's talk about you know another guy that you know rambunctious that's out there that you know gets a lot of criticism for the media, whether valid or not. Or Draymond Green. Uh, Charles Barkley was in the media recently for saying, you know, on inside the NBA on TNT, that? he said he would like to punch Draymond in the face. What, 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 why though? What like? Uh, because Draymond, he like leg locked Anthony Davis. You know, they were getting into a little bit of a a spat. Mm-hmm. And Charles Barkley was like, you know, back in my day, I would punch him in the face. Do you think it was out of bounds for Charles to say something like that? No, because a lot of stuff he says is out of bounds. <laughs> I wasn't the first thing. Like, I wasn't the first thing he didn't say it. Like, you know, and. It's okay to have that energy when you're talking behind the TV, but I bet, it, like Draymond said, he's seen them more than once on number. Oh, Draymond said, Draymond said, then hit me. You say, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you got that same energy as you would on TV behind the desk, have that same energy when you see me in person or in public. That's all it is. Well, Charles ain't about that, though. Exactly. And that's what Draymond's point is. But it is what it is. But Charles acting like he was like the, you know, like the. The friendly guy in the league in his heyday. He did a few questionable things, too. Everybody not perfect, you know? And Draymond, you just happen to have them type of players in the league. That well, let's get let's get win. Charles in shape and make this happen. Nah, nah Charles, Charles, Charles ain't getting shit. So with also with Draymond Green, Draymond Green last week, and I want to ask you this a couple weeks ago, but you weren't here, Scotty, so I had to wait on this question. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So Draymond Green, he's at the media conference after they just beat the San Antonio Spurs, uh-huh. and Chris Webber's talking about how if he wasn't with the Golden State Warriors, he would be a bench player. He wouldn't be as what we see him now. Chris 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 Webber's commentating for TNT. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green's asked that at the press conference, and yeah. Draymond Green says, you know, uh-huh. you probably couldn't find a league executive that say, I'm not a starter. And then Draymond said, and I got rings to boot. I just didn't put up numbers. He got a point, but I feel like Chris C. Webb got a point, too. I feel like Draymond benefits more, benefits more of that system and the players that's around him a lot. You know, when you got Steph, Clay, KD, Nick Young, even before that, they had um, Harrison Barnes. That was a good swing man. You got players that you can dish out to that you can, you know, that could create, help you, you know, knock down shots. I feel like that helps. But Jamal not a terrible player. He's a good – when you look at, like, his IQ and, like, how the way he plays, like you, like how we was talking off air earlier, how he can create. And he's not a point guard, but he can still create the offense. And get the, he can run the point if he wanted to. If Steve Kerr wanted to put him at point, he can run the offense just like how Steph is. Can't stretch it as much, but can still initiate it and get open shots. So – but I do feel like – Receive where coming from. I wouldn't say he wouldn't be a bench player. He wouldn't be the player that he is now. Now with the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry comes back, and 
we see, you know, why they're the Golden State Warriors, why people have said that they're better than Jordan's 1996 Chicago Bulls, why we say they're better than the Showtime Lakers, Larry Bird's Boston Celtics, the Kobe Shaq Lakers, because when Steph Curry's out, you just can't guard this team. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's clearly now after, with Steph Curry back, that the Warriors are in the driver's seat again for the NBA championship? They're the favorites. Uh, as far as being the favorites, yeah. I don't think they're going to win, though. Depending on who they play. But you don't, I don't think Houston's going to beat them. I don't think they are neither. Because then who are you talking about? Uh, I said the finals. I said going to the finals. Scotty, they will sweep whoever comes out the East, Scott, Scotty. Whoever? whoever? They wouldn't sweep Philadelphia? No. Well, that's probably who they're going to play. No, they're not. Oh, oh, we're talking about Cleveland. Yeah, they're not going to sweep Cleveland. They didn't sweep Cleveland last year. They beat them in five games. What's changed? That's not a sweep. You said a sweep. Actually, you know what? No, no, Golden State, they might feel bad. They might be like, okay, let's have Cleveland. You know, Cleveland, they've only won one championship, no, right? Anything, you know, let's get them again. Feel bad. I feel like they're going to be more aggressive. Who's checking that man, KD? Look. Let's get off that. Go yeah, back let, to let's not talk. Let's go not talk about question. finals yet because Scotty doesn't question. want to talk about but that. I think they, I th- even without Steph, I think they was they was to me clearly still the favorites because I feel like with Houston, they're we don't know what we don't know. We we got to see it. We got to see it to believe it. They got a history of players, you know, folding and being exhausted mentally and physically exhausted as the playoffs progress. But you know, they got. Key pickups, they got Joe Johnson, they got um, Gerald Green, they got CP3 during the offseason. And so far, everything worked out. You know, everything working, clicking. Ain't they like, what, 60 and something with Clint, CP3, and James Harden, all three of them play? I don't think they, they was undefeated at a point in time, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. It's like 30 and like two or three or something yeah. like that. And I feel like everybody had them as the favorites because of they, they were they're the number one seed. But I still feel Golden State, you know, it's just with their, that offense and that system, it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat, especially with the players that they got. It's not even like – and I was watching the Coher show, right? They had Chris – Colin Coher had uh, Chris Broussard on there, and he was saying that Golden State is 17th in three-point shot attempts. Attempts. 17th. But they're argue, they're supposed to – they're known as one of the best shooting teams in the league. When you think of Golden State, you you probably think that number is higher than 17. You'll probably think at least 10 or at least top 10 or top 5. But 17, that says a lot. That's that's efficiency. And that's that's what makes them hard to beat. They execute. And they got more than one player who could initiate it. You got Steph. And that's, what, that's why I feel like Steph is the important and best. Because he can stretch the floor beyond 30 feet. You literally have to worry about that man as soon as he crosses half. And a lot of teams, you know, Especially, like, I don't know how it is in the pros, but I know, like, playing, like, middle school, high school, and a little bit of college ball, they tell you, like, to either meet him at half court or wait. If he can't, because obviously they do scouting reports, and they know, like, if that other player can't shoot as good, you know, and they'll they'll, they'll play him. Like, how they play Ben Simmons, for example. They know he can't shoot, so they play off of him because they know he's either going to pass it or drop it. And that's what makes Golden State hard, bro. That, That offense is, they're constantly moving. Now, quick response: Should was OKC wrong to keep Billy Donovan as their head coach? Should they have fired him? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, me personally, I feel like they should have kept him because he because he really can Russell Westbrook and he had KD his first year too. So like you really couldn't like eh, you can't judge how the way he coached if he came in coaching great players. You know you got to see what he can do with this type of team he had this year, you know, new additions and new pieces, you know, other star players coming and playing with Russ, like, that shows, like, you know, how good of a coach he is, like, you know, and, like, 
I don't think Billy ain't established like a system yet because you know he got Russ and Russ to just me, Russ or bust. Yeah, and to me it's like Russ is like LeBron. Like they they are the system they sells, and if they you know don't play good, then you know why the is Billy fails. Donovan? Because Billy Donovan seems like he's just scared of Russell and he just lets Russell do whatever Russell wants to. Why don't you think he can challenge him? Uh, I mean, that's, but that's just what we see on TV. We don't know what their personal relationship is like. We don't know how he get on them in practice. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he's scared of him. Personally. Like Russell Westbrook said, he said he don't play that. But you that's, but that's man. But that was he was talking about a fan. But Billy, Billy, see, Billy's that's used to dealing with college kids. Russell though. Westbrook ain't college kids. That's Russell Westbrook though. is a grown man. That's a coach. So is Billy Donovan. <laughs> well, who you who you more scared of, Scotty? Scotty. I'm scared of Ben Donovan, man. No, you, Scotty. That man can bench me. Now, now, quick. And he's not benching, and he's not going to bench Russell right, Westbrook. Right, get him. Right. Else he, he might be out the job. If he bench Russell Westbrook, he might be out the job. Now, Dave Fisdale just hired by the New York New Knicks. York, right? Tell yeah. me what you think about that move. Oh, I like that pickup. You know, like this season, they started to display like how the old New York Knicks team used to play when they had like Pat Ewing and John Starks and all them. Like they was greedy, good defense. And, like, I feel Fizz is that type of coach anyway, so he can just, how can I say, develop that type of greediness into, you know, like something that could be solid as the years go by, especially if you got, like, you got good players too. You got Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a good – he ain't the best player, but he a good, you know, I say, like, role player, average player. He a good player to have. You got Enos Kander. You got Twin Towers and Enos Kander and um, Chris Stops, you know, and with him being, like, your star. Two good offensive big men. Yeah. And you even got – did Courtney Lee come off the bench? Yeah. You got a solid – Similar, actually, what he had in Memphis with Zach Randolph and uh, Marcus Hall. Right. Got the same type of grittiness. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's perfect for that job. And I think that they can be – they probably going to be a playoff team, if not next year, then you have Now, do, do you have a problem with the fact – because lots of people are making this, and Chris Broussard, a guy I know you like and respect a lot, made the argument, and Mark Jackson is getting a little bit of blackball from the NBA. Because we all know he built the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Before we saw, you know, Steph, Draymond, Clay Thompson become what we know they are now. He you know, he, 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 he built that up. And yeah. then Steve Kerr took it to another level. We can admit that. Yeah. But still. Mark Jackson should have a job in him. You can't tell me that there's not 30 people better at coaching basketball than Mark Jackson. 100%. So do you think Mark Jackson will ever get a job? I think he I think he I think he eventually get one. I think he eventually get one. Somebody somebody will pick him up. Hopefully it's is if it ain't next season, next season, but somewhere down the line, I feel like somebody will pick him up cuz somebody that that man's eye for talent is special. When you can build the dine, like he ain't technically ain't build it, but I mean he technically built it. He didn't Yeah, he ain't get to like really, you know, fully see it. And when you can do that and you can develop it and see it before everybody else, that's special. That's having a vision. You know? And that's I really feel like a coach not even a coach, but like a, a NBA exec will look NBA ex- executive will look at that and be like, you know, we, we need that guy. Now, personally, for me, I'd rather see Mark Jackson stay in the booth because I love it when he's like, oh, mama, there goes that man. I love it when he does that. That man. That's when you know somebody's cooking when he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, quick, Tony Parker, retire or stay in the league? That's a good question, man. I don't know. I think him and Manu, ugh, Manu looking like he, he playing like he's 35. He's Manu's trying to go yeah, forever. Yeah, he's still, yeah. But TP, but difference between Manu and TP, Manu really ain't, they still had injuries, but he ain't have as many injuries as TP. So that like kind of puts him back. I think TP got, I say two more years, if not one. Now Manu, 
No, Manu probably got one more. You think Manu coming back? Yeah, I think he coming back. How impressive is it, by the way, to be doing what he has at like 40 plus years? Oh, that's, 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 that's real. Because Manu, when I watch yeah. Manu, Manu Ginobili can still play. He yeah. gets the rim. He can pass. He's not a great defender, you know, but he plays hard and he's good at team defender within the confines of their defense. Yeah. Like, to me, Manu Ginobili, he can be a solid rotation player for a championship team. Mm-hmm. And, like, what was so crazy, like, he was playing as if he wanted he, – he, to me, he showed – he had the most energy. He wanted to win. He didn't want to go home early. He was playing like he really wanted it, like, like five years ago. That's how he. That's what that reminded me of. Like he kept going. I think during that series, he averaged about like what fifteen, seventeen, at forty plus. I think he passed forty plus, ain't he? Yeah. Forty one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now Dwayne Wade. Stay or go. Retire. I think D Wade to stay. I think D Wade to stay. If he do retire, it's gonna be based off them them knee problems he always had, and I think that. You know, when athletes have like those type of pl- uh, problems, it you know it makes them think more a lot in depth about like the future going forward. Like I think like players like Manu didn't think about like retiring at like 35, 36. They knew they were gonna keep. You know, Vince Carter, players like Vince Carter, they knew they were gonna keep going and keep playing. There wasn't no stopping at like 35. Now Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he gonna keep going, like he said. He ain't giving up. He look really old. He look. He, he look. Up his spot for nobody. <laughs> he, 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 he ain't stopping. He ain't stopping. Car- Carmelo look really old in that series, though. Yeah. You know, like Skip Bayless said, he's not mellow anymore. Not he mellow. just looked like another Anthony. Uh huh. Like no pun to my guy Anthony's right here. <laughs> but I, me personally, I think he'd, he'd be more beneficial coming off the bench because you can't start and not produce. Because to me, this is my thing with Carmelo really quickly. Uh-huh. He's not a great pure shooter. He, he's a scorer. He's a nice guy. He's a guy you get the ball, you, you dump it into him, you let him go to work. But yeah. he's not a guy that consistently do that anymore. Exactly. And he doesn't play defense. Exactly. So. And as a player, you got to recognize that. You know, D-Wade had to recognize it. You know, um, he young, but Isaiah Thomas had to recognize that he won the, you know, the on the Lakers. And to me, this is also my thing. Young, to me, though, you know, I always talk to my dad about this. To me, it doesn't matter if you start or it doesn't matter if you finish. Would you rather be the guy that starts and only plays 25 minutes or the guy that comes off the bench and plays 30 minutes? Come off the bench and play 30. I, I mean, to me, and you're, and, you're, and, you're, yeah, and you're closing the game. You're closing the game, yeah. I, to, me, to me, starting is just an ego and it's a prestige thing yeah, more than yeah. anything, you know. Yeah. To, yeah. Which is right. He's a great player, so he deserves to have that. Mm-hmm. Like, and some players like coming off the bench. Like James Harden, I really feel like he he even said it. Like he wouldn't if they'd have kept that core together in OKC, he probably wouldn't have had no problem coming off the bench. Like because it, it, they were winning. Like you know, it worked their system. If he would have, if he, I say about like they'd have kept that together by like two. I say by like fourteen, fifteen. Then that, that starting thing probably would have you know crept up. But as far as like. Before then, I don't think I think he would have you know enjoyed it because even Lou Williams said it like, yeah, I don't start, but I close more than most players, than most starters, and that's that's important mm-hmm. because if you closing it, you basically during the process of finishing out the game, of winning or losing. Now, should Hassan Whiteside just shut up? Hassan Whiteside like to talk. Hassan Whiteside, he talking awful lot for a dude that was in the D League a couple years ago, don't he? Yeah. <laughs> don't he? Yeah. It's crazy because I respected it too when he when he first hit. The but now when you get cooked by Joel Embiid, yeah, and he talk a lot too. But, but Joel like, Embiid backs back it, it up. up. Yeah, he can back it up. But Hassan, yeah, Pat Riley was like, "Shut up!" Eric Spoelstra was like, "Shut up!" Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's a difference if you if you bagging it up, but you weren't bagging it up. Like when he said the thing about DeAndre Jordan, you know, being the All Star that one year, like I could understand that because he had a good season that year. You know what I'm saying? Like, and here's my problem: he act like he made it because he's not in the D League. <laughs> I mean, he did. But no, no, but that don't mean you can just start talking stuff on the NBA like because you're not in the D League. Right, right, right. But he did that. That was a come up. But the man was just trying to get his 2K reined up. That's, that's, I can respect that. I can respect that. I can respect. He was trying that. to get his 2K reined up. I can respect that. 
A lot of people can't say that. Well, it's going down after this season. <laughs> now, Drake versus Kendrick Perkins. Oh you God. thought that was some soft stuff is what you said. Yeah. Now, just explain that. I mean, because... Well, I don't know how true this, this is. I was just on the internet as much as the average man. Saw something, saw a video, and it was saying that, like, it, it initiated, I think, when Drake commented on the picture, either under Perkins or it was somebody on the cast. And I think Perkins saw it, and he didn't, like, you know, agree with it too much. But Drake always had, like, that, you know, that that light-skinned stereotype. <laughs> always talking, not to the side of his neck, and, you know. And that rubs off the stereotypes that that gives like the stereotypes of dark skinned guys to you know find that they don't like that type of stuff, basically. But I don't. Like